Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Justin Rule around the topic entrepreneurship and the importance of your website. Justin, what's up? Hey, great, uh, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's a real pleasure. So, um, for people, uh, for people who don't know you, and well, actually, they may not know me either. So, uh, tell tell everyone a little about um, who you are, a bit of history, your business, and anything else you want to share. Well, uh, my name's Justin. We covered that part. So, you know, first things <laughs> first. Um, that's a good start. That's, yeah, that's right. That's a good start. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what people in Australia <laughs> call the people from the states, but I'm, I'm from the states. Um, which <laughs> we is, call you. We call you people. Okay, there you go. Um, I, I learned that my parents are Canadian, so it was kind of like, uh, do you, are you from the states? Or are you from no, up north? So I, I don't know what people are called wherever they live, but um, no, I. I'm just uh, an average guy that loves uh, helping people, but within with a atypical <laughs> career story. And um, no, I I live in uh, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and I've got five chickens. And last I checked, thirty some hens and roosters running around. If the fox hasn't gotten it yet, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, the cats and the dogs, and we did a little little farmette here that we're trying to uh experiment as what do they call them homesteaders or or backyard farmers <laughs> yeah and and then and then on the flip side you're at the at the forefront of technology and then you go and you feed the chickens yeah exactly yeah. it's uh exercising both sides of my brain or at least uh yeah my feet and then my hands i'm not sure but <laughs> yeah we we have we're having fun and we homeschool all our kids so that's a whole nother uh uh, credit to my wife, but it's just part of the adventure. It's it's fun. That's that's what we do too. Actually, that's funny you should say that because we because oh, uh, we do homeschooling with our little boy. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We kind of maybe the whole world's into homeschooling now, given our current uh, issues at, at well, hand, right? But, yeah, it's a great time for the homeschooling industry. <laughs> that's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think they never about, knew what hit them. That's right. Should be talking about how to help homeschool uh pop-up moms across the world or something <laughs> yeah yeah and many of them i'm sure are probably entrepreneurs as well anyway so Absolutely. it's completely relevant to the topic that we're talking about that's true it's true no it's fun i i have to uh saul if you let me i gotta tell i didn't prep you for this so you might have to just cut it out of the editing but uh <laughs> I, I don't, I I don't edit i don't edit anything justin oh okay well here we go <laughs> And my wife's going to kill me when she, when she hears this back and says, you told him that story. But um, so my wife met me uh, while I was trying to recruit students at uh, college to be a part of my club. And my club was the Ocean Science Club. But the catch was I was sporting my best Australian accent. And she <laughs> fell in love with the man she thought was an Aussie until she showed up at, at my first meeting. <laughs> and I... Uh, told everybody in my best uh, attempt of an, an accent, which I'm not even going to try. I'll embarrass myself. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. You've gone too far. You, you have to do you it. You've got to give it a whirl. You've gone, you've gone too far. There's no way. No way. I'm going to let you off this podcast. It was something like, welcome to the Ocean Science Club. I'm so glad you're here, but I got a confession to make. Um, I'm not really from Australia. Uh, I'm actually from Ohio. And, Everyone stood up. Well, a lot of people got offended and left, I guess. That we're oh, man, that. that's funny. So the crazy full circle is on our honeymoon, I was coming down the, uh, the elevator that they have in the Eiffel Tower. We just stopped by Paris for a few days. And uh, <laughs> I was, I guess, showing off my Australian accent. I'm not sure why. Coming down the elevator and the <laughs> thing in, in – uh, and Whitney, my wife said, don't stop it. You're going to get called out. Someone's going to call you out. And here this little guy next to me in the elevator turns and, and looks at me and he says, you're not from Australia. 
and he said he sounded like us Arnold Schwarzenegger and I was like oh hi mate yeah I'm from Australia and he's like where are you from and I said uh the only place I could think of I was like Melbourne and he said he said no you're not you're a pum a pum <laughs> uh, so he got it wrong too well and so he's and I he said well if you don't know what a pum is you're not from Australia and I said Oh, and I had to go back to university and ask a friend of mine. I said, hey, uh, do you know what a pum is? Because she was from Australia. And she, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. She said, it's, it's what you call people from, is it England? That England, yeah. Like yeah, pumps. Or something? Yeah, the pumps. Yeah. So I got called out in Paris of all places. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's in, fun in to talk. In, talk in the place you life. thought you would be really safe with your secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, I guess when you, uh, I heard, who was it? I actually heard someone recently uh, from the US, I can't remember which actor it was. I, was, I was watching something and he had a really good Australian accent because I think notoriously for actors, for people doing that, oh, it was Robert Downey Jr., that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, he was, and he had this really good Australian accent. It was like spot on. It wasn't, it oh. wasn't, it wasn't any, any kind of like, slightly cartoonish I mean a version yours is a bit is a bit like you know verging on sort of the cartoonish which is really funny though but it's, but it's that it's what you would kind of expect right really um yeah. but when people don't know or they haven't had exposure I guess to a culture long enough to know what the real sure yeah like it's 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 not overstated yeah it's so, not overstated you're right yeah. yeah, that's right. But but it was um it's really funny when actually there was a guy I always remember this guy, I can't remember the actor's name, but in the Lord of the Rings, this guy, American actor who I quite like, and he was I think he was in like one of the alien movies too. He was the uh the offsider of Saruman. It's like an American actor. Okay. And he I remember him saying in the in the special features for Lord of the Rings because he had this really, you know, this very English kind of accent, you know, in, in Lord of the Rings. And because he's sort of a method actor generally, he kept like in this accent the whole time that he was, you know, doing Lord of the Rings. And no one knew, no one was really like the crew and everyone knew that he was an American actor. And oh. then at the end of it, when, you know, it was all over and he broke out of his, his sort of character, and it's American accent and him sort of recounting the story about someone that he knew. I'm sort of quite well going, oh, that is the most terrible American accent I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like, I'm American and they're like, give, give me a break. Just leave it alone. It's bad. That's fantastic. Well, Saul, I'm going to be emulating. I'm just going to have to listen to this uh, episode and in all your episodes enough. And then I'll really learn from a pro. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe don't learn from me because I've had on occasion. I'm sure. I'm sure I do sound Australian, but I've had on occasion from Australian people going, "Where are you from?" <laughs> they go, "Give me a break! Come on, <laughs> I'm from Brisbane." Uh, and they're like, "Oh, I thought you were like, uh, you know, so European or something." <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, you can't you can't account for what people think. Hey, it's funny. <laughs> So, so my people over here won't know any better and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be our secret. That's good. Um, so tell us a bit about um, Sparrow as well, Sparrow websites. Yeah, so uh, I launched Sparrow with a friend of mine uh, four years ago. Um, we came out of a digital agency where I was the uh, head web designer and he was the CFO. And, um, you know, that experience was great. I hadn't worked for a kind of a large digital agency up until that point. Um, I was mostly freelancing in my work. And so, you know, I got exposed to <laughs> what does it mean to put a dollar figure on a website that was <laughs> more than I'll make in two years. And you know, mm. uh, those types of things, um, you know, where you, you're working with the person who's like 10 levels down from, you know, the business owner or the college or whatnot. Um, and that, that can have its benefits and, and advantages. But as we were there working, I realized, you know what, as a generalization, you know, agencies tend to 
chase bigger and bigger whales or, you Mm. know, have bigger and bigger teams. And I just realized through that process, you know what? I like smaller and smaller teams. I like entrepreneurs. I like startups. I like the, uh, the person with the odds against them. And, um, and I also like, you know, trying to find a way to, um, yeah, to, to, to bring things to market affordably. And, um, I'm more of a starter person, you know, I, I like to, I like to start things and, um, Mm. agencies are a little bit more built around sustaining and keeping people. And, um, and so as myself and Adam, uh, got to know each other and and kind of just share our, our passions, we both had big families and, big hearts want to give back and, and help startups. We, we said, you know what? I don't know if that's going to work in this box. This, this train is getting a little longer. And uh, we shared with our boss at the time, kind of just, we, we didn't want him to end up without, you know, two good guys and his team out of the blue. So um, in that process, we, we came across a, um, uh, there's a, a scripture in the in book of Matthew that says, uh, God provides for the sparrows, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. And you were, and at the time we had, uh, I had five kids and he had four and we were thinking of starting from zero and we came across that verse and we were like, all right, spare, sparrow, let's call it sparrow. <laughs> and, uh, let's see how we can help startups and entrepreneurs. And that's kind of been our thrust, um, since we, we started And uh, actually just, just a month ago, uh, I was able to become the sole owner, which is a fun next step in the journey and an exciting season ahead. So mm. yeah, it's awesome. It, it's an adventure. Yeah. So with the, I, I actually noticed too, just on a, um, just before we, um, we talk about some other stuff, I guess too, is that I just noticed um, when I was looking at your website earlier and you've got the logo, like the SP, is that a, um, is that a, uh, some sort of reference to like periodic table? No, oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, people either see Scrabble or yeah, they yeah, see Scrabble. Yeah, yeah, Scrabble table. or periodic table. I, I thought, I kind of thought periodic table first, but then I was Good. I was trying to reconcile that with Sparrow, which is kind of in its own way good because it just makes you think about it. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that because it's, I mean, it's a little bit more of um, what we bring to the table that's sort of unique is this marriage between creative and strategic um it seems like it tends to be that uh you know agencies or or marketing firms tend to have a a little stronger footing in one or the other Mm -hmm. and when we started sparrow i was the creative adam uh is strategy nerd i mean he's he's literally traveled the world studying conversion of buttons and colors and fonts for these huge companies prior to it just stuff doesn't interest me, but we realized, Hey, if we put strategy and creative together and that's kind of how we then started looking at the periodic table and we're saying, Hey, let's, they keep the science in it, but let's put an art with it too. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, always kind of something as, as you know, a designer, cause I'm, I'm a, 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 a designer, I guess in, in some ways we've got our own probably more slightly different mix to, the normal agency. I mean, I don't go around analyzing what other agencies do, but I do kind of know that, that we've sort of got a pretty even mix of development and design yeah. and, and yeah. sort of brand. So we're always kind of for any, any website, it's always brand first um, really. And then flowing onto design. But I guess the point being then too that when I'm thinking about when I'm always looking at say your logo or something else, when I see something that doesn't say fit in a way that most people would expect, like it's called Sparrow and you might have a sparrow there, you know, right. <laughs> you might have like a sparrow when you don't have a sparrow for me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm probably thinking about it differently because of, of you know, being a designer, but I would imagine other people do too. That's kind of, it is a point of grabbing your attention in a more subtle way, uh, which I kind of like. I, I, I really like that when it's, it's called something, but there's something else that doesn't fit and it, and your brain, it's going, okay, brain, you've got to 
start working this out? What does it mean? I and, appreciate that. And just the process of doing that. I mean, that's just me. Maybe that's like, you know, nobody else does that. I don't know. But, <laughs> but that's just me going, oh, what would that mean? That probably means if it's a bit science here, it probably means there's like, you know, it's, it's along those lines. Make- it's me trying to make sense of my wasted geological oceanography degree that I spent four <laughs> years in college. Yeah, earning. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you got all the people like me, like trying to work it out and there's no meaning at all. It's like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, no meaning, but it doesn't matter because we're just there like, what does it mean? Yeah. It's looking at a piece of artwork and going, what does it mean? And the artist yeah. is, is like, makes up sort of something that isn't true. And then, and then you're going, wow. And then they just, well, like, I don't know what in, it means either. In full transparency, it's, it's good you didn't ask me about the three. Because usually people say, what's the, that's the question. Honestly, we get a lot. What's the three mean in your logo? Oh, and, right. oh three guys, three guys, the three of you? I, I mean, it, we, we answer that sometimes. We tell them uh, three <laughs> steps in our process. We tell them, you know, the three audiences you have to consider when you're positioning your brand. I mean, we... Three, three, you can apply three to anything basically. So that's a good choice because four would have been awkward, I reckon. That would have been. Yeah, well, we have these creative little on our business cards on the back. We have, um, you know, if it says Justin, it's kind of fun. We we took the same Sparrow Element logo and instead of SP with a three, it says JU, you know, for Justin. And then in the top, I have a five and that was for the amount of kids we had when we launched the business. So my business partner has AD for Adam and four. And so we have fun little ways we play on it, but. Hey, you could yeah. do a really cool. Uh, I just had a, an idea cause I was just doing motion graphic earlier. So my mind is in, in the, in the um, frame of reference of like turning stuff into other things. You could turn the three around as a couple of little wings and it could fly away. Like a ah, there you go. You go. Zip. <laughs> there you go. I'll have to take it. We we have a little animation on our, our videos we put out in our trainings. You'll have to tell me what you think of that. But it's uh yeah. I'll I'll leave it at that. We'll make people go watch it and see what it does. <laughs> yeah, that'll be Yeah, so but the um and so your background, you're saying you're creative, is is it from a graphic design or digital designer or you know, much broader than that? You know, sadly, probably to the listening ears of your audience, it's a little broader than that. Uh, I was never formally really trained in any discipline. Um, you know, you probably don't want me to jump on Illustrator and do tell me to do anything special. Or, um, but I've always had a, a, a appreciation for good design and, and good feel and flow. And, um, you know, I guess I didn't really know I had an eye for it until I would start, you know, making websites and some of them for just my personal endeavors or entrepreneurial pursuits. And people would say, Oh, great. Who designed that? And I said, Oh, well I did. Or I began working for this agency, you know, um, I guess it'd be eight years ago and I was just doing what I normally do. And, you know, listening to people tell their stories and trying to make uh, websites that would both tell their story, but also resonate with their audience that they're trying to attract. That's kind of the hardest, to me, the hardest place to land, uh, you know, authentically. And um, yeah, people just say, oh, that that looks good. And so, yeah, it comes out of more um, just being drawn and and sort of uh, visually, um, yeah, just appreciating that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I... Uh, always find interesting and partially sometimes have to sort of reconcile being a person who, well, yeah, cause I'm, I'm sort of tend to wear a lot of hats. Like my wife and I originally studied illustration. And so we're, we're sort of, I guess at our, at our heart, we're sort of artists and illustrators and we like draw mm-hmm. and paint and do like, you know, art, art things and used to have, used to have when we first came out of um, out of our studies like years ago, I basically just wanted to be an artist and I had like a had an art art dealer and like had shows and I didn't I didn't know anything about the new bugger all about like how to how to live and like feed myself and then just worked it out and then years later then we they had this 
idea with the business, we had as a graphic design skills and things like that, and then digital skills, but it was like sort of in its own way um, similar because I'd really consider most of what I now know was wasn't really ever wasn't ever taught to me. Like it wasn't in a in a, uh, a course. It was like general things of like this is how you use Illustrator. But I mean, even that is like you don't become good at anything unless right. you throw yourself in the deep end, but and and just end up doing it. But the thing I've always found kind of quite quite interesting is where graphic design meets web design or mm-hmm. or I should also say sometimes doesn't meet it, you know, either because like you've got, um, and this probably comes more from us working with a lot of designers and like we might be doing, um, uh, like have a, have a joint client who's the other designers doing the branding and they've got an idea about what, um, they want like for the website. But I'm sort of saying this too, I guess, because we've got, there's always at some point this element of going that that idea is is actually really great that's really great but it's just not going to work very well in website and it is a really different it is it's got obviously sort of core design elements things that universally are good but then there's just a bunch of stuff that just doesn't work very well in in a website i mean that's a great it's a great point it's a true point it's it's not necessarily i feel like sometimes people hear that as uh one sort of discipline demeaning or not having room for the other and it's it's not that it's more it's easy to position it like that isn't it yeah yeah but it's more like kind of time and place and and purpose and and moment um because you can have you know we work with a lot of well first of all our clients don't always understand that it makes it hard like can't you make me this custom icon set or this animated thing and make it look and feel like this when you design the site and just helping them understand sometimes the difference between a web designer and a graphic designer, um, even maybe a print designer at that. Um, We'll get print materials and say, Hey, build, build my website like this. It should function like this and helping people understand um, when they're looking at on a five inch, you know, phone screen uh versus this it just needs to flow and function different and you don't quite have the same opportunity as you have when some someone's holding something in their hand or you even have chosen to download a beautiful like graphic lookbook or something that you you put a lot of time into it's just helping people yeah that time and place kind of um yeah it's design it's design i guess like uh, the biggest uh, it's not really right to say it's a hurdle. I was, was going to say the biggest hurdle, but it's just about sort of educating people because we work with a few um, designers and some of those people like, a, you know, they actually um, design really nice things, but then it comes to a point where function, where their design meets functionality yeah. and not even that like it, it will still look right. But as far as things like, uh, flow like things that aren't considered when you're doing a static design because you don't have to yeah. you don't yeah. have to consider how somebody's going to kind of move Interact through it, it. Yeah, like right. a narrative you know yeah. what are they going to what are they going to do next and some of those things are you know they're kind of a bit here or there depending on the website but then in other sites they're really important and or things that you would go that is that's really cool that's excellent but it's not intuitive like it's yeah, also absolutely. people's meeting people's expectations it too. It's, I mean, it's good in one sense to push boundaries. I, yeah. I, but at the same time, I think there was for usability and for people, especially like who your audience is, if, if you got, then if there is a really specific audience and there might be, you know, some um, older people, like if everyone's uh, an older person, and, and you know for a fact that all those people are really, you know, they'll be really um, maybe conservative about it. Like yeah. there's not much point in trying to push the boundaries too much because they won't like it. Yeah. No, that, that, that's well said. I mean, it's just, yeah, considering uh, sort of the return. We, we, You know, th- this isn't the thrust of 
of at least what you said we're going to talk about, but the, the conversion element is really, I think deciding what a conversion is on a website for you as the, you know, as the, the, the client or for the client to us is the kind of, uh, it helps mitigate and steer those conversations because if we want to do something really, I don't like it when people call it creatively irrelevant, but something that it's not going to invoke and maybe a, a lead or a next click or whatever is actually fine. If we've decided the conversion that we're measuring is that they spend 30 seconds on that page. Um, as opposed to whether they click and go to the next page because then they've had time to drink in a little deeper uh, sip of the tea and feel your brand yeah. a little more. Well, it's so like, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's like, um, I, I, I really like using this quote, but for the life of me, I still can't remember who actually said it. <laughs> so there's not much. So, but I really like this quote though. And it's, it's a quote about like long form content, you know, the, ideal like people's um people either spouting out that you know things have to be above the fold when they don't really know why they should be above the fold they should be like above the fold because like everyone used to say that like 20 years ago yeah maybe (laughs) you know or or are they saying because they genuinely think that there's important content that you should see first above the fold but if you've got a huge banner and there's no text there then that's probably not very good so like having long form content you know, then you hear those arguments about, oh, we're kind of long form content because people's attention spans are really, really short and they'll get bored, which I then I always go, I'll just pull out that quote that I don't know the person's name and then say, um, which is uh, there's no such thing as a a page that's too long. It's a page that's too boring. (laughs) Really good. And that, and I wish I'm going to find that actually it's probably really easy answer to do that. I should probably just Google it and, and, and um, sort of his name will come up, but I always really like that one because like our, our site and, and like, I guess like a number of sites over the years, they, some pages can be quite long and if it's right for the, the client and it's right for the content and you know, it can, it can, weave you through and educate or it can you know tell people about what they need to know i mean that's there's not much point in applying um you know a blanket rule to stuff when you don't understand the reason why you're doing it you know that's well said that's that's really well said yeah and and then yeah i mean that just comes down from i guess a designer's point of view you know i just think well it doesn't matter what what you know size or things if it's relevant and it's great and it's engaging, then it's probably doing its job. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah there's other, there's other aspects to it, you know, about no. all the different things that you're talking about, you know, conversion and that, I mean, the science of all that is, is, is really important. Um, but if you've got a doctor who literally gets no leads and won't ever get any leads from, his website because he's booked up for the next like five years because he's a specialist. Yeah. What is his, what is his, his website is there to, you know, it's for other reasons. It's a, it's about yeah. educating existing clients and it's just to have make the brand great and like other things. Yeah. It's not a, a bad conversion. So yeah, exactly. you don't have to get into the science of conversion there. You just, exactly. you know, or, or, or you just simplify what, again, like what you measure as the conversion. So, True. Hey, I was able, able yeah. to keep someone on for a minute. That's that's a great convert. Like they call them like micro conversions, I think, in some nerd speak somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> micro conversions is that like yeah. when you when you look at something and you go, "Wow, I like that." <laughs> you're, you're saying, oh, "Don't even." Yeah. I feel like if I even drop clues on this, some of these crazy things will get. You know, I was working with someone the other day who was saying, yeah, we need to get them to say yes five times before they get to the bottom of the page. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Can we like, <laughs> guys, we're not we're not robots here. Like, I'm not yeah. going to. Anyway. Well, they might they might just get jack of that and just leave. <laughs> I don't want to say yes to, like five times. I'm not here to say yes five times. I'm here to like look at some pictures and like find out some information or I'm really, I just really need to talk to somebody because I hate reading. So I, I want to find a damn phone number. 
exactly. And they That's just don't want to read. They don't want to read anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, too much, too much stuff. Can't find the phone number. I'm out of here. Yep. Oh, we see it all the time. We watch embarrassingly number of, it's too many hours of screen captures and video captures to <laughs> back that's, that up. That's, that's the, that's the, uh, the scientists are within you. Yeah, that's right. Analyzing, analyzing data. So what's the, um, uh, so I just got a question. This is sort of a topic that I often, uh, I guess talk about with clients when it's in relation to a website. And even if we're not doing um, branding for somebody, I inevitably, I'm always like, I just can't help myself. I'm just, I'm still thinking uh, you should be doing this or this would work really well because, because this has to be consistent. And I always, I always just had this image that I've never been able to get out of my head of like, you're looking of, of your, you like hold yourself up or like you um, in a mirror and your website is on the other side of the mirror and like, like you and your business and your website is on the other side of the mirror. And if those two things don't like look like each other or, or not, you know, like physically, I'm not like your under website looks like you because that'd be stupid, but like to, to have it. So like it's, it's an accurate reflection. Like the metaphor being is it's like an accurate reflection of how you are like talking to a client, like language and like how you want to be sort of represented. Like, how do you feel that like how, how important when you're doing things for clients is, is like, maybe not exactly that idea, but like that idea that need to be a good reflection of, of, of their business. That's a, that's a great question. It's a great point. Um, I think my reaction that I'm usually talking with startups, entrepreneurs, people that are figuring out their brand, sometimes people that have muddled their brand and are trying to untangle the net is um, it's a little bit, I feel like that's part of it, I guess, is, mm. but to me, that's not the only part. And I think that's where sometimes, um, I mean, the joke we kind of talk about is like, when we build a website, that's just like the business owner likes and loves and, and likes to look at, then we yeah. get the applause of him and his secretary, because they like to look at their website. And that's right. It feels, it feels like us. But I think what's more important, honestly, just as a, a reflection of human nature, and just good practice, I think, is that your website should also reflect a certain ability to have listened to the person on the other side. Because, um, and that may not look like what I look like, or talk like, or sound like, or or feel like, but it's rather um, a result of, of listening well. Um, and uh, honestly, I, I do think it's kind of carryover from life. You know, we, we tend mm-hmm. to just try and get our word in and say our bit and uh and kind of go home we said our bit but i think we can learn a lot from listening and um again i think that's where the balance between like hearing what someone who's maybe the brand ambassador or the brand owner or the business owner how they describe what they do or what they love about what they do but then actually going out and seeing in the real world people talk about it, what they love about it. And and that allows you, I mean, the best example I could think of is that that allows you to be say a hole in the wall restaurant that you probably won't show me a beautiful picture of your dining room or, or the front, you know, street side parking or something that might draw me away, but rather you're going to show me the food, the expression that like the experience that I'm going to have, and my website can showcase these amazing delicacies, but then you got to weigh that because then when I show up to find your restaurant for the first time, what am I expecting? And and how have you prepared me for the fact that, you know, in your language or in some other way Mm. that, you know, you should come in flip flops and, uh, you know, a t-shirt because it's a funny, it's a funny balance, isn't it? Because like it, it, yeah, and I mean, I guess what I was sort of saying too with the reflection is is that I mean, in in an ideal 
landscape that wouldn't be like, you know, how necessarily they think of themselves because that's not that that's, you want that balance of, of, of people being able to feel trust as like a real person and you're not having yeah. an amalgamation of like every cultural group and like, you know, old white guy, young, I mean, yeah. a Chinese girl, Negro yeah. guy, like all in a group, like shaking hands because everyone knows that's artificial and that like that, that of course happens, but they don't all look like models and they, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably not that business, you know? So, but the, there's like real, mixed with that element of sort of storytelling actually a funny a funny um story that i just remember popped into my head it was about um it wasn't our our client but we were a a friend a photographer who was doing some photography work for our local council um for the coast and there was a a campaign that's here for the um for the coastline and he was doing a whole lot of drone footage of of the coastline and uh there's never been done before in this sort of way the reality is it's incredibly beautiful but nobody in the the area thinks of it like they would think of other areas in queensland like the daintree or like the great barrier yeah. reef and they're like oh my gosh that's so amazing and gorgeous they don't really think of, of this area like that. But the reality wow. is it is. And I remember wow. him telling me, I remember him telling me that he took these photos of like our actual coastline. It wasn't like um, on the Great Barrier Reef and he just said it was here. It was it was here. Right. Right. And he took these photos with this drone and they were like, oh, wow, that is like, gorgeous. And the response from a number of people at, at the council meeting who were looking at the work because he did some uh, videography too was oh we don't want people to think like it it it, it looks like too good or like oh, it, it 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 looks like that's that's not how we want to be represented and he was like but that's our coastline hmm. that is our coastline it is yeah. amazing and it is and like isn't the point of it that we're showcasing it would be different if he went and, f- and photoshopped a few dolphins in and like a couple sure. of whales and went, um, yep. you know, yep. and like artificially added things in, but he didn't. And I thought well, that's that, a great it, case in point for what you're talking about. Yeah. No, that, that's great. Cause with a website, I mean, you, you can, that's the beautiful thing is like, you can go so much deeper and draw people so much more into your story, the experience, the, the, why you do what you do, what you love about it. Like you don't just have to sell the next pizza. You can draw them into the story and the love and the affection, or, you know, you don't have to just book the next job. You can tell them about like what this means to your family. And, you know, like you could just tell so much richer story and then, and really enable people to see something they wouldn't see at a glance. Um, the the town we're in, you, you asked it prior to our recording. You said, you know, where's Columbia? And, uh, I mean, I, I told you where Lancaster County was because people usually know yep. Amish country or something. But, but case in point is Columbia is they the joke is it's the armpit of Lancaster County, and <laughs> it's this this river town that was really significant in the years of like uh, the emancip- emancipation years and slave trade and Al Capone bootlegging whiskey out to the canals right out of this town. Oh, it's and, got real history. Oh, it's, it's rich and it's deep. And, and we shot these, it's funny. You mentioned drone. We shot these like drone and like portraiture video kind of things of architecture and, and put this out on it. It's actually a a video on YouTube. I think it's called Columbia. This is home. And people were saying, wait, where is this? Like, this is your town. (laughs) Like this is the place you live. So yeah, video web, it kind of all of those emotive things like, like graphics, like literal photographs or. I guess it's a lesson then though too. Like that, that is, there's a lesson in that about, you know, that's obviously making people themselves then aware, maybe um, unless they completely ignore the fact that they didn't realize their place was incredible, you know, or they just go, I didn't like, I obviously haven't been paying attention or, Or you do, which is, 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's easy to do. Like people just get caught up and they live somewhere and you don't often take notice of like all the really cool little things. I'm like, we just live on the water here. Like I'm, I'm literally like, um, I'm sort of a street away from the water. And okay. I think, I think ourselves like very fortunate. Like it's, it's a beautiful area. It's still really accessible, but we've got the water. We could just go, go in and, and sort of see that. And yep. I think it's like, it's when you pay, it's, it's sort of that level of focus that people have, which then I suppose too, if you're talking about design and you're going like good design and then especially in a website where it's a different animal to a static design where you can be pushed and pulled and like from here and moving down and the screen size changes, then you can move it on mobile and there's all these things you have to consider. But then like you, you can twist things, you know, twist in brackets, not negatively, you know, it's sort of twist things in sort of such a way to weave the story in a way like to suit the brand so that it like even if it feels so different it's still the same i mean it's about there's there's always a level in like all design and art of people being somehow manipulated by like their own ideas too sure of them going or their preconceptions it's like you would expect you know you expect to go to um i don't know like a burger places website and it'd be like a bit sort of brighter and like pictures of food and like people eating and it's a bit more, you know, but then if you've got a different brand and it's like gourmet burgers and they've got a different sort of sensibility, it might be a bit quieter and you want to use like fonts in a certain way. And it, but it all still is always playing on existing um, established kind of rules that people kind of, maybe don't know they even know yeah yeah it's like that means that like the <laughs> slim fonts equals style you know okay. or yeah and and it does i mean like there's not i mean not all i mean slim fonts but um certainly some like you look at them and then certain colors if you're like sure just black and white that's why you see in fashion all the time it's always often black and white in like a lot of high-end fashion stuff um, and then it's just come to mean that, like, it just means, it means like yeah. high end fashion when you use like really cool, like serif fonts. It's yeah. and, and, and so people know that they don't have to like go to um, design school to know that they just know it cause they're exposed to it so often. So you just like take those rules and yeah. use them in a way that suits your brand. And then it makes sense. Cause then if you don't, if you just ignore those establish rules that um, people don't realize they know yeah. that then it's kind of harm. It, it can be harmful to like your mission, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think it, what you, and so to take the small business owner that might not realize they, they know or notice or have even clothed themselves with those, those rules they didn't even know they were making or yeah. I think it's helpful just to bring them to, to say, you know, to state those, to show them like, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause people, cause when you bring them up, like people get it, like, cause people, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan at all of the assumption of, of that, you know, there's that, I guess a marketing um, uh, sort of approach that has been around forever of more these days of people going, people are really, you know, essentially kind of implying people are, are kind of stupid and that, and, and that you, um, you know, you, and they've got short attention spans. And I mean, those, those things are, are relevant, you know, they aren't not, not don't have an element of truth, but I think people like give people, give people other things and people do enjoy them. People do appreciate them. It's not that yeah. there's one, one way that, people can be fed information. There's people are very, you know, very smart generally, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it comes, I mean, I, again, I didn't go to school for big marketing, uh, like my business partner, he, you know, he, he was all digital marketing. So he, 
talks about the funnel. And I've, I actually listened to some great podcasts uh, you had on talking about some of the, those funnels. Like for, for me, I, I, underst- I ex- understand a more layman sort of practical understanding to it of like uh, some of those, at some point, if someone's first exposure to your website or something is they're maybe not even sure if they want to be committed to the conversation you know, or committed Mm -hmm. to the, uh, we have to like get them in their lane, so to speak of trying to understand, Hey, you came looking for this, or you wondered if we do that, like, yeah, we, we do that thing. But, but as soon as you kind of understand who you're talking to, as soon as you get to that, Hey, my name's Saul, uh, this is what I do. Then once you get into that part of your website where it's kind of the next commitment level, um, I feel like, yeah, there's, we're sort of doing a disservice to people if we assume that they're just waiting for two more clicks to be out or get a quote. Yeah, when well, people don't follow all the rules that people make up. They just don't like everyone's that they, they, yeah. I mean, there's, there's certainly truth in why those things came about in the first place, but you know, people like you, it's, it's a trust building exercise, right? Like yes. it's like, it's yes. just, it's like, me, it's like you walk into a group of people and I mean, I'm no great um, uh, analyzer of like human nature or anything like that. I mean, far from it, but like, you know, um, if you're walking in a group of people and like at a party and you don't know anyone, you, there's generally, I reckon, like you tend to gravitate then towards like you just generally, and you're not analyzing, you just like, you see how someone's talking or you see like a group of people that are obviously just want to talk on their own, you know, you know, I go over to them. Otherwise they'll just like ignore you. And then, but there's other people then who, you know, look at you. So well, there's this, the signals and then there's the, the initial trust. And I mean, it's not that different to then your experience when you're coming across a website because what, you're kind of really doing is because you're wanting to get in contact with someone to do something for you generally, like a service or to buy mm-hmm. something. And there's preconceived things that you already like. And if it ticks those boxes, you go, yep. Awesome. That feels like sporty or, or the right, like I like Nike. I like all the yeah. way they do stuff. If that's like a thing you're really into, then that's probably going to inform your decisions about other sporting places you go to. It, and, no, then it, it, trust. Yeah. and then you go, Oh, I feel, you know, and once again, you're not, you're not like analyzing it scientifically. You're just going, Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that, that feels, that feels like this, like with a group of people, then you feel I'll go to that person and then they give you a friendly look and then you go, Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello, Justin. And like, and then, they, and then you have a chat, strike up a conversation. You start to just build, build trust and, and so on. Yeah. No, that, that that's even a good analogy. You could probably squeeze out a lot of that in terms of how you engage a, a group of unknown strangers and <laughs> Yeah, I mean most people But it's but it's a good to me it's good because it, it depends again what you want out of the engagement. Like um do you just want people to know you're there or do you want to know why people are there? Like Yeah, are you point. are you here to just take or are you here to like give and listen and again, walk away smarter or walk away with like a next lead, uh, you know, walk away sharing more of, Hey, we do things different or just trying to kind of get the next sale. And I mean, as a small business owner, I, I'm familiar with the tension and the temptation, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. I mean, like that's the thing too, is, is that ultimately like where we're no different to, other small business owners. That's actually the one thing that I've always found a lot of kind of comforted comfort when I go to things like BNI is that you know, you like despite completely different industries, completely different things that you do, the I have so much and like completely different sorts of people, but there's like so much commonality there, like more than most of like even a lot of people say in like our, our industry too, just because like you are there for a common purpose and you're all generally going through this like very similar struggles in small business. Mm-hmm. So like people just want to 
you know, people just want to connect with other people basically when they want, want something done, like they obviously want a particular thing, but then if when you go to a website, if you can like use that as a little, as like the first bridge, like over to, you know, then the next step, well, or, or these days, you know, the meeting somebody first, then after the fact, people going, uh, yeah, they're pretty cool, but I'm going to check them out, check out what their website, check out their LinkedIn profile, check out their Facebook thing, like, you know, hunt them down everywhere online I could find. <laughs> yeah. If you're really zany. And then, um, and then if the, all that matches up, I mean, that's one of the, of the good and sort of maybe the bad things about the internet is that you can do all that. You can, um, whether you're the results you find out or yep. what you're looking for, yep. it's like another thing. No, that, that is such a good point because, and honestly, that's why we tell a lot of, so sometimes there's a school of thought for entrepreneurs, startups, um, that, you know, the website isn't necessary yet, you know, get your feet under you, survive the first three years. Um, yep. But it's just, it's, it just can't, it just, just doesn't work that way anymore. I mean, people are, they might hear your word of mouth, but, you know, again, we, the research would say the next step they do is jump on a search engine and, and try and validate what they, they saw. So for us, even at Sparrow, I mean, one of our favorite stories, just learning experiences was we got our first, maybe it would be maybe three years ago, we were, you know, six months or so into our, our journey. And, we had a huge uh, local opportunity. So it kind of fit our boxes of like, you know, Hey, we don't want to fall for chasing whales. We just want to go after fish and eventually fish might lead to a whale now and then. And it seemed to be the, the flow. And um, we were given opportunity to, to be one of these four companies that pitched to a, a pretty big local client, but they, but they still met our sort of boxes of like, Hey, we can work directly with the owners. Um, you know, it, it will be a, a face-to-face kind of process and um, it's just some things that we're pretty, you know, careful about. Yet one big thing is when we got the uh, emails from the secretary setting up this big pitch and meeting and, you know, we, with uh, we, we lead with a lot of data and research to inform our kind of creative hunches or, or sort of proposed, you know, approaches and, and people seem to like that, but the lady kept saying, you know, remember these are, uh, it was actually, it was an agency. It was a real estate agency with like 60 agents that were going to be at the meeting collectively. 60, wow. 60, yeah. <laughs> and, and they were, they were uh, like, that was it. Like we were back to back four half hour slots. And she said, you know, Hey, you know, the real estate agents, keep in mind, they dress, you know, business casual or business professional, so, you know, keep that in mind. I think we got like three emails with that and we pulled up outside. I mean, I can't show you the other side of my computer, but I'm, I'm one of those guys that has all these logos on my laptop and I wear jeans and a t-shirt and, uh, that's just how I roll. I mean, literally that's how I roll. And, uh, and my business partner, he's, he's in a flannel every day of his life with jeans and he's always got a knife on him. I mean, he, he's a, <laughs> he's, he's a hoot. He's a good old backwoods camping he's ready for he's ready to go camping anytime so yeah so we we like pull up and i was nervous because i saw the people come out and they were all as they were and my point i guess in my story is we went in we gave the pitch we hadn't even got home and we got a call from the secretary that that we got got the job and they said we loved your research and we loved that you were just down to earth and so like when you go to our website you know i'm sure we've lost jobs because people have we're not you know, yep. button tie, but to me, you've got to be authentically you. And, um, so true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's real true. I mean, like I, I, I had that sort of discussion. My wife and I have had numerous times over the years of being, you know, it's like leaving and we went to the Queensland College of Art and we studied illustration and, you know, we just bombing around for a number of years, not really knowing what we were going to do and always had this idea about having this sort of agency that would be really cool and we'd have all these great jobs and be able to employ people. And, and then like years later that, that happened and really all those, all those things came true. But the thing that we 
had kind of always discussed was about we used to call ourselves, it used to be this ongoing joke. We don't really call ourselves this anymore because it doesn't seem as relevant because we, I don't know, we've moved past it. We used to call ourselves the little pretenders, you know, that we used to always feel that we were, you know, sort of pretenders or like imposters. And when we'd have, have success and things like that, we could be like, Oh yeah, but we're just, yeah, we're just, just, just us. And yeah. And we always like have, have been still us, but then coming to a point where you, you can actually have these other great things happen and like, you know, have different levels of success and, and like in many instances, way more than we could ever have imagined. Yeah. But still then going, Oh, but like probably like part of that, maybe instead of analyzing is that we have, have still like, it is really important just to be you because people, people know that like they know if, if you're being you or not, you know, yeah. people don't have to be like an amazing, uh, you know, uh, really sensitive to, you know, to how people are to know people know if you're you, they know yeah. if you're putting stuff on, unless you're like the most skilled like con artist in the world, maybe you can yeah. pull it over someone's eyes, but generally people know. And that's, and that's really important especially then in small business. I mean, like we're talking about, cause people like really want, I mean, everyone does, everyone wants to like deal with, you know, decision makers and, you know, people and partially make your life easier partially because it's, you know, you want to feel like you're not going to, you're going to do a good job. And, and sometimes because yeah. people have been burnt before. I mean, I don't know about you, but, it seems to be like in generally the the web industry, probably because there's so many people that do it, and it's really my reasoning is that for what I'm going to say is that I think because there's so many people that do it, and the likelihood of things going wrong for people sometimes multiple times is probably higher than like I would certainly like. So it's then sometimes quite refreshing when people do end up coming across someone who's just like, yeah, sure. can help out. And, and they're just going to do a good job for you. And, and there's no like silly business about it. And they're like, Oh, it's the first time that's ever happened to me. Really? They're like, yeah. But I think it's just because there's so many people that do it basically that the odds are that there's going to be this amount of that and this amount of this. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's got a cousin's friend's brother who's got a, a design. <laughs> it's an ongoing joke, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like the kid yeah. next door. Actually, the joke about like the kid next door, which sounds like it would always be made up, is still, I still, that actually just happened recently to me. Some person was like, um, I said, who, because we were trying to track down who hosted their site, which is always one of those problems too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, who 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 hosted your site? Who like, I don't know. And then we finally worked out that it was like literally it was like the kid next door. <laughs> and like, how did they? Like, yeah, obviously just like signed up for an account somewhere because they asked and then did it for them. And it was like the kid next door. He just That's did it. <laughs> but then he's gone. Like he's off to university or something. And you know he doesn't care about that anymore. Yeah. How, how do you feel like you balance that? Um when people at least in the in the states and working with entrepreneurs you know when it comes to that expectation of, of even like service um how have you guys just even been able to help educate or respond to people kind of um setting expectations when it comes to um those like design services because it seems that everyone has a different oh yeah yeah it is it is I think we're better. We're better at it. My, my general preference is always, cause I know um, our friends that we have too, like from say, if you're talking about um, when people go, uh, do you strictly charge on hourly rate? And then you build like for exactly every single thing you do and all right. that sort of stuff. We don't, I've, I've sort of never done that. I thought about it initially many, many years ago. I thought, 
that sounds if, if if someone was doing that with me i would be really annoyed so i don't want okay. to do that um yeah. because and it's also fraught with a lot of problems because i i'll generally unless there's a specific reason like i know somebody really well we've got an established relationship that we'll just do stuff on on a hourly rate and just bill you for that which we do with some people but that's only because like that's that's the way they specifically want to do it and we established yeah. it was it was cool we've done it but most of the time all without exception make sure that everyone's 100 percent across what's going to cost what's involved um are you okay with that and if not that's like you know sort of open to talking about it within reason and you know trying to just be open and like simple and straightforward about it yeah but um yeah, because I, I generally can't help but put myself in the shoes of if someone was doing that to me, I would just, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. going to hang around for that. That's, that's, just, that's just too annoying. Yeah, and, on that, and I ask because that's the, usually the number one thing that comes up when, when people come to us and have been burnt before by the cousin's friend and brother or the big agency where they're expecting to spend something and crazy just to update something that I can do in five minutes and uh, yeah and so we like all of our stuff we're I mean it probably will prevent us from scaling and being a a household name because our bleeding hearts for for entrepreneurs and yeah yeah we can do that yep we can do that but 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 I think it like you said it's how you'd want to be treated yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is that I I mean this even just happened recently too, and I, I'm I'm where we did it was one part was just a brochure. It was it was a good job. Like there was a whole range of different things. There was branding and website and and a whole lot of print design and other things. And one part of the job, which was just a tiny part, just took five or six times as long. And then I didn't charge any extra. Because mm-hmm. it's, I was like, well, I could, but I think that the result will be there would be right or wrong, whoever's right or wrong, it doesn't really matter. Because even if I'm like, I'm justified in doing that, I'm pretty sure the end result will be there'll be a bit of bad blood. Mm-hmm. And is that worth me doing that? Right. Like, well, yeah, is it my right to do that? Like, who really cares about rights? You know, it's not like my right to do it. It's like whether I think it's justified. Like, I'm I'm not going to have a, I don't, I've never really had like a blanket rule. I'll just usually work it out on how I feel about the situation. Um, and once again, like I'm, I'm the same, like it, it might mean that, you know, things that shouldn't happen happen but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'm I'm just going to, well, main thing is that people are happy within reason. Like I'm not going to, you know, know, if it, if it really deserves this, you know, has to be built extra. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that just as my rule. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. And I think it circles back to if we, you know, walk in that room or the expectation is to serve others and to kind of give and not just always get a return for something we invest. And it's just how we measure even our, our, you know, when we go to bed at night, you know, just knowing that we've done good work and serve people well, it's, it's not always that we got billed for every moment that we put in. So, you know, that's, no, well, that's the reward, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is actually seeing, you know, seeing um, somebody, um, you know, be happy with what you've done and that it can actually have a, a really good result ultimately for their business. Um, which, which Justin may be a good segue to move towards wrapping up the podcast. Cause that sounds like a really nice, happy way to end. I think it's <laughs> like a really, that's like a really happy way. And at, at which point I'm actually going to ask you now for um, a really great quote that you'd like to share with everyone that you said that, that you might just do like in the middle of the podcast, but you got it. Well, you queued it up. It's going to feel like we, we staged this whole thing, Saul, and now we're, we're going to be uh, <laughs> called out. But 
honestly, my quote I had uh, from, from the beginning to share was from a pretty famous uh, Jewish carpenter man that's a friend of mine. He, he said to treat others or do unto others as you'd have them do to you or simplified to treat others as you'd like to be treated. So to me, that that quote, it, you know, if I wake up every day and, and go to sleep evaluating my day, whether I'm, you know, uh, dealing with kids as a father, whether I'm uh, dealing with neighbors <laughs> who may or may not be feeling nice today or whether I'm serving clients, it's really that, you know, do yeah. I treat others the way I'd like to be treated? And um, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I, I think I know that guy. I think I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's cute. Yeah. No, no, but true. That's, that's the, that's a real one. It's, it's a, it's an oldie, but a real goodie. So that is, and um, before we go, before we wrap up, can you just let everyone know um, listening uh, best way for people to get to like learn more about you and Sparrow and how they can get in contact. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If they, if we've done our job, they should be able to just Google Sparrow websites. <laughs> yeah. And if you have to type it in, it's sparrowwebsites.com. But uh, yeah, you can just see what we're up to and follow along and Hey, uh, hopefully be helped in, in the things you're called to do and pursuing where whoever you may be or wherever you may be. So you got some pretty good content on there too. And, and, and once again, thanks so much um, yeah, for taking the time for, for reaching out too. Uh, it's been a great chat. And um, so with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast. Before we go, please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in any future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Grow Business Podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business Podcast.